Écoutez, à midi. Quelle heure est-il Il est midi. C'est l'heure de déjeuner. Qu'est-ce qu'il y a à manger Des saucisses. Écoutez et répétez. À midi. À midi. À midi. Quelle heure est-il Quelle heure Quelle heure est-il Il est midi, 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 il est midi, il est midi. C'est l'heure de déjeuner. All right. C'est l'heure. All right. Um, we haven't done this in a minute. It's going to be our new one uh, with our invited guest, Hot Tam. It's day two. Pizza Man. 2020. Is that it, 2020? 2020. Two. Oh, two, oh, oh, two, 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 oh, two, oh. He said pizza man. He just called me the pizza man. Hey, our special guest is OG Pizza Man. That's Yeah. Who he knows why he earned that nickname. Yeah. And both these motherfuckers talking shit about my hatchet on the wall. Yes. It's for chopping firewood. Oh, yeah. How many people don't have one? There's not an ash in sight. I don't see no wood, no. No particle board. No. <laughs> I even have my little chopping you, block out there. See yeah. it? It's clean. Exactly. I, I hope it's clean. I can't be lighting fires. It's been fucking pouring rain. Oh, yeah. Maybe put it out there to wash off the blood. <laughs> yeah. You got one stump. You've been threatening to cut that tree down in the back with that little ass hatchet. That's to kill people. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're putting this in public. Confessing to crime oh, man. on got podcast. No We're making a podcast little, about murder. Why is there no water in the This pool. is a premeditated murderer's podcast. And it's just hanging on the wall. <laughs> it's decorative. <laughs> He's just letting you know. <laughs> right, He's right-handed. right-handed. The barbecue has wheels. Hey, right? I gotta be close. <laughs> and I'm fucking sitting down, all right? You sit at the table, you flip a burger, oh, you flip yeah. it right on, onto right. your butt. Yeah, it's, it's to, ready to go. It's to minimize any excess motion. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, it's Jesus. called it's just, efficiency, people. I guess I'm tired of chopping all that wood. Exactly. <laughs> oh, fuck. What's the oh, point? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. All right. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, how long how long have we known each other now? Oh fuck. Uh I met you you were oh, yeah, the, I met you at the end of my senior year. Was that 92? Yeah. Damn, so what's 92 to now? 18 years? 32. 32. No, 28. No, what, That's yeah. Crazy. Cuz yeah. 1989 is when I graduated. That's 30. Yeah. So, man, that's crazy. Two years yeah. after that, wait, ninety-two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So nine, I met Pat, so okay. three years, so 27, 27 years. Okay, let me clarify something though. So I met Pat in ninety-two, but I didn't actually talk to him until ninety-three. Because <laughs> he wouldn't talk to you. No, 
No. No. I, all I don't like I, talking to people. No. All I remember is how Tim came over, I don't know, a couple times. I think I was still at mom's house, or maybe I just went over there to eat because I was living at Four Trees. So you're at mom's house. And hot Tim, hot Tim. <laughs> I thought his name was Tim, and he called himself Hot Tim. Yeah. That's what everyone thought. Because I was like, I never heard no Hot Tim before. That was very common. And everyone thought that. And he came over to watch you guys do band practice, right? You were yeah. there with Mendoza. Yeah, I used to hang out with Mendoza, and he picked me up in his Cressida. Remember he had that Cressida station yeah. wagon? Picked me up. I don't remember that. We I remember you had a green <laughs> car. <laughs> Anywhere we went with Chris, he always had to go to McDonald's and get, like, the biggest cup of soda. Like, soda. Yeah. So we did that, and then... Uh, then we went to your guys' house, and that was like, yeah, the first time I saw uh, After the Riots. After the Riots, practicing yeah. in the garage. Right. And, yeah. It's a good thing you caught After the Riots and not the Silly Rabbits. That was a band he was in first. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't witness that. I we got a demo to... tape. Yeah. There's, there's, a, two there's, shows. A, there's a very valuable uh, one-track demo tape out there. Yeah, dude. I just remember um a handful of hits. Don't lie. <laughs> Do you still have that tape? It's gotta be it's somewhere. Gotta be. Yeah, 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 it. yeah, we gotta uncover that tape. <laughs> so yeah, we've known Hot Tim for twenty seven years. Yeah. Minimum twenty seven years. That's over half our lives. It's Speaking crazy. to him for twenty six years, knowing him for twenty seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Pat didn't speak I remember to me you used to come to the door and Pat be like, Hey, hot Hot Tim's out the door. <laughs> he would get up, walk all the way to the door, look out the window, <laughs> and he would see you, and he'd come all the way back and be like, hey, Hot Tim's out the door. Not open the fucking no. door. <laughs> like a fucking asshole. So I used to ring the doorbell, and then I would, uh, I'd like 10, 15 seconds, and then all of a sudden I see these like fucking glasses <laughs> from the door window, and I'd be like, oh, it's Pat. He's going to open the door. And then I would just see him fucking shake his head <laughs> and then walk leave. away. <laughs> and he'd fucking walk away. I was like, fuck, did I do anything? Yeah. Yeah, dude. That was like the normal greeting. Yeah. Normal. Oh, you got to stay funny. sustained. You got to move in and talk. I'm going to, whatever's going to happen, it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever's gonna happen, you have to fix it in post. You can't force the magic. <laughs> um, so anyway, we've known each other for a long time, uh, and aside from uh, what you know, watching Pat's bands throughout the years and all that, we've also shared like a like for the same kind of record swapping and what have you. And we're here to talk about an album. I don't know. Wait. What is this? Eighty eight? Fuck! I need to pull up the deck. Eighty nine. Eighty eight. Eighty nine. I came think out the single. Yeah. yeah, I think the single. Seems like it came out one year before for some reason. No, March third, nineteen eighty nine. March. Okay, so spring of eighty nine. So yeah, that was still my senior year. Um, fuck, that was like quick too because it's only a few months until we were out. Um, so you guys were freshmen, and he I wasn't was... even a freshman. He was junior high. So you were freshman in high school? Yeah. It was like, it was the tail end of my freshman year when that came out. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's De La Souls, Three Feet High and Rise, and that's what we're here to talk about today. Um, 1989, 
was the release on Tommy Boy Records, produced by Prince Paul, and has the most list of samples I've, besides Beastie Boys, Paul's Boutique. Boutique. I don't know an album that has more samples than this album. And didn't that come out right after this pretty much? It came out like a few months after it came out. So both those albums were like controversial with what started with the whole legal fights about sampling. You know what's weird though? Because doesn't doesn't like De La Soul's Dead seem like a Paul's Boutique too where that's like their next record they their popularity like dropped off like drastically. When that came out? That came out like two years later. I remember <clears throat> people not liking it, and I hadn't heard it yet. And then that was the impression was that oh, it's mm, doesn't hold a candle to three feet high. Yeah, you know what's funny is the reason I got this. The reason that I found out about this was my friend Jason Stroud. He had bought this CD. Really? Yeah, he bought the CD. I hadn't even I heard. Would have never guessed. Hadn't even heard this yet, and he was, I was at his house, you know, we we would always go to, like, Mark's or whoever's house, and he was like, hey, man, I got this CD for you. He's like, you probably really like it. He's like, I hate it. (laughs) I was like, what is it? I could believe. He was like, what is it? And I was like, what is it? He's like, oh, it's this, like, weird hip, he's like, I don't know if he used the word hip-hop, or he just said rap album. Right. It's a really weird rap album. And I was like, what's weird? And he's like, I don't know, I just don't like the way it sounds. Like, Like, they didn't... You know, and I still listen to it today, and it's like they didn't get the cleanest copies of what they were sampling. They just sampled. It was very raw. Raw. Yeah. Rough. The records were dusty. You know, they didn't clean them. They sampled everything, like all the nuance on the vinyl that they sampled was all like captured on there. Right. And I guess he was just talking about the like the fidelity of the CD itself. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of has, it's still, I mean, in a way, it has a very thin sound. Like it's not a really, you know. Think so. It if you listen to it on the CD, and not the remastered. Like we were just listening to the remastered record, mm-hmm. and it has like a different like depth to it. But the original record was really thin because it was all all the tracks on one, you know, on one piece of vinyl. <laughs> and the CD, I don't know why it had that very like. It just sounded thin. Like mm-hmm. a couple of the songs were mastered in a way to like sound deep but a lot of it sounds really thin Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of it is because of the samples that they were using you know like people who go in and sample now they're using like all these edits and they're like you know boosting the sound that they're sampling on top of just these guys just took the sample from whatever the source was and that's what it was right they didn't like but that set the whole that set a new style too though i mean this record set a lot of new styles and like just yeah, raised the bar in different areas. I think, like, I think it was also too. Like, I I read earlier that um, they did this album in the studio because the guys in De La Soul didn't have that. They didn't have samplers. You know, they. I think uh, um, Maceo was their DJ. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So everything was like a collaborative in the studio with Prince Paul. Right. <clears throat> so like everything, like the thing that I was, I could not, I can't remember. It's, I might be remembering it wrong, but to me, the only thing I remember is <clears throat> about the skits mm-hmm. was this was the first record that did that. Mm. I don't remember skits on anything before this. Like acted mm. out 
right skits right, like the right. way that they did them not like interludes not like anything like that but just straight up like produced skits you know mm-hmm. what i mean like they're doing like that game show part of it that's right yeah you yeah, know yeah. and there's like a host it was like really so the first time i took it home and listened to it the like the hit song obviously the me myself and i that became a single and you started to hear it on the radio and you start you know you'd see the video of it or whatever but like got a video the the huh the video because it matched the artwork like it was totally if anything it was like the tom tom club video like there was it stood out you know yeah like these because the animation they weren't the colors. typical rapper looking guys they were like no wearing like those leather african medallions they were wearing like paisley button downs their hair was like well like they were like a watered down version of like the jungle brothers but they were you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a little bit more palatable for, and there, and that's why I think that that crossover was so easy to do for people like, you know, I mean, in the suburbs, we got all the underground hip hop anyways, but it was almost like now, why would someone like Jason Stroud ever even pick up a hip hop CD prior to that? You know what I mean? He would have no reason to. I think it was the artwork. Yeah. Like it, yeah. like the video and the artwork. Yeah. Yeah, and it's because they're not rapping about like like they weren't gangster rappers. They're not rapping about drugs. Right, they're right. not rapping about, and they're not rapping like the Jungle Brothers, the consciousness hip hop that was starting that they came from. Right. You know, native tongues. But I think that was a little bit more not preachy, but it was it was harder edged. Mm-hmm. And this was like along with the music, it's like that's why there's kids in the suburbs like bumping this because you know. I it think, yeah, yeah. Easy for them to understand. I think more than like, like the Beastie Boys, I don't see them as crossing over any hip hop, really. Because then when you really listen to their first album, it's not even a real hip hop album the way I see it. Because mm-hmm. like the beats, yeah, they're there, but some of the more rockier ones and the way they're rhyming, it's like, it's silly. Yeah. You know, like I don't think they got serious until, Check you know, out. like the second record or the third record. But, um, I guess I kind of remember that getting a little bit more widespread. But you remember going? Did you go to Feyros or you went to Haskell? No, I went to Haskell. But, we're, but remember when everyone was wearing cross colors? Like that was that for clothing me, company. Yeah, that was in like my sophomore year. Yeah, a little bit later. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, the black like African medallions. <laughs> you know what tripped me out about that was um, because I went to Cerritos hmm. first. And, uh, oh, that's right. <laughs> and you saw um, white kids, Filipino kids wearing those black African medallions. Yeah. You know, like there was a lot of impact that um, the uh, the imagery that came with, you know, De La Soul, Native Tongues, um, Tribe Called Quest, mm-hmm. like that kind of, it because my, okay, so... When I when I came back from Egypt, because I lived in Egypt between '84 and '86, in '84 it was mostly like I remember going to uh, Skate Depot, and mm-hmm. you'd hear like um, uh, Electric Kingdom. You know, it was very electro influenced yeah. hip hop back then, like the Dream Team. Right, right, right. And then I came back, and um, it. It was much, you know, that's when 
NWA, uh, Easy E, first album. Like I remember when um, uh, what was uh, Easy's first single? His <coughs> his solo single. Yes. Eight ball? Easy does it. Easy, uh, yeah. I think it was Easy Does. Oh, no, Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood. What well, that's NWA. The, is that NWA? Okay, yeah. I just thought that was Easy. No, he's, his his first single after NWA was Easy Does It. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. But NWA was Eight Ball. Uh, L.A. is the place. Fat Girl. Those are the three. The very first. Oh, fat. No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> not Eight Ball. Dope Man. Dope Man. Okay. Eight, no, it was Eight Ball. Eight Ball, Fat Girl, and L.A. is the place. Mm. That was the very first single they did. And then after was Dope Man, you know. Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood and Dope yeah. Man right after that, yeah. Then the album came out. Right, right. But, you know, there was like a, a – it, it was edgier than what I had remembered prior to, mm. you know, leaving. Like, so I, so it seemed like that was the, the, the whole um, – the whole vibe back then with rap and hip hop, mm. um, you know, very raw, just, you know, very visceral. And then I, I remember I was at my friend's house who lived up the street and he had, um, he had on TV mm. and I, th- Oh, we used to have that. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, like that little switch box. Yeah. Mm. And, um, I think he had MTV, um, you know, he had, but I just remember seeing that video for, it was, what is it? Um, uh, not Plug Tuning, because I think Plug Tuning was Delosol's first video. And that was like a homemade video, but mm. the, um, the I Know, that's what mm. the song was. Mm. Super colorful. You had the, you know, red, black, and green, mm-hmm. you know, their... Um, there were no gold chains, you know, no fucking kangles. Yeah, exactly. You know? That's all that was. Right, 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 right. And that whole, um, like, daisies. Flashing money. You know, like having daisies uh, as your, you know, album cover, <laughs> uh, like artwork. And, you know, but it's signifying, um, it had a meaning. What was the meaning? The inner sound, y'all. Yeah, the inner sound, y'all. Exactly. That was the Daisy acronym, because uh, it was the Daisy Age is a uh-huh. is a song, right? The right. Daisy Age, whatever. Yeah, right, right. It's right. the inner sound, y'all. Um, so that yeah. was like totally opposite of everything that was going on at that time. Yeah, it was. I mean, aside from the Jungle Brothers, I don't think Tribe had come out yet. Tribe, Tribe they, wasn't out yet. I think they were part of that crew. Didn't they the put songs? Yeah. yeah. Didn't Beneath Applebaum come out before this? I don't think it did. Before this, I think so. Uh, you mean the, you mean the sing? I mean the, the single. The, yeah. You know, if you think about it, you know, here you're talking about like NWA, like the time that you were gone and when you came back, mm-hmm. like all that electro stuff, obviously started. You know, came from no, the East that Coast. Was 1990. Oh, okay. Because the first, the very first thing Q-Tip did was the Jungle Brothers song. Mm. But that that 80s electro, and then you remember like all the LA groups started doing it, Mm -hmm. and then, but it because is is Egyptian Lover from the West Coast or the East Coast? I think he's from the West Coast. West Coast. Yeah. So like on all of that, they were basically doing what the East was doing, 
And then I think, wasn't it iced tea? Six in the morning. Wasn't that the first like slowed down version of like West Coast hip hop? Because that song's so slow. It still has that electro. It's just 808. It's just it's just a beat in him like rapping over mm-hmm. it. But um, it's slow. Right. You know what I mean? Like everything was fast. Everything was really fast. Right. And right. like futuristic sounding. So I think that turned into like the West Coast's version of creating their own style of hip hop instead of just copying what they were hearing. Because really that's like, what was, what was, was it the Wrecking Crew? Like that early Dr. Dre stuff, they're just trying to copy all the East Coast electro funk, you know? Mm-hmm. And then slowing everything down, if anything, because what was happening on the East Coast, you know, was it like Big Daddy Kane and like Public Enemy EPMD? was the first. Yeah. Public Enemy was big during this time. Yeah. Like they well, had big, just put out the first record. And, and probably right. not that Run DMC isn't like real hip hop, but. They were like, since they were the first splash, they were already like, they were never going to be anything different from when they first came out. Cause like, even when they tried, remember like down with the King, yeah, like it was like, nah, people want to see run DMC with that big logo and them wearing Adidas with the hats, you know, they, they were, they got pigeonholed and, um, who was that you just said? Oh, like public enemy. Yeah. Public enemy was, was out right before this. Still kind of. They're I don't want to say well. underground. They were just. They were just. I was in my neighborhood. Public Enemy was huge. You know? Oh yeah. Huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Public Enemy it was and then super you had like, huge. Like, but they were like dangerous. Like they were like, yeah. like well, like NWA. Like right, right. Your parents didn't want you listening to NWA. Yeah. No, like there was Mantronics. There was like there was a lot of stuff that was like Stetsasonic. Stetsasonic. There was a lot of stuff that was like leading to this. Like you know, like it wasn't. The hard, you know, yeah. like Bomb Squad on Public Enemy, just like, you know, it's very yeah. aggressive, very in your face. Well, like EPMD, too. EPMD. That was by, that was like around this time. Right. EPMD right. was, be- yeah, even before this. I think their yeah. second record was probably out by this but time. But that was like, yeah. you know, and Eric B. and Rakim. Eric B. and Rakim. Uh, BDP, yeah, like, you know. KRS-One. Just all the, like, but all then. The, all the very, like, it seems like. Animus, you know, mm-hmm. teenage teenage angst in form of hip hop instead of punk rock. I wouldn't I wouldn't but how would you how would you try to guess on where where the sound of this album came from? Though? Well, that's what I was trying to get to like Oh, well, I you think got, that was Prince Paul. Well, Prince Paul yeah. cuz he was in Stetsasonic. So in Stetsasonic Stetsasonic had like a real jazzy underlying in their production. Mm. He's he was in the group Stetsasonic. Mm-hmm. So that's where you start to see like, you know, uh, what's his name? Kwame Mm-hmm. Like you listen to Kwame, you listen to the UMC's Blue Cheese. Oh yeah, all that stuff was happening. Turning into this, and then De La with Prince Paul was like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna not just you know be a little bit of this and a little bit of that, like, and still trying to keep that core, like rhyming the way that Eric B was, you know, that Rakim was rhyming, rhyming the way KRS One was rhyming. It was like a different style to even how they rhymed on this. Yeah, it wasn't just. That they're the change not of the talking music. about money or yeah, like Sets of Sonic still rhymed in the same fashion that the old original rappers were rapping. They had that same like everyone's in line, everyone's doing like their little beat, and then you know uh, the Beastie Boys do that. It's mm-hmm. like one goes, the second one goes, and on this one, it doesn't go that way. It's mm-hmm. like the flow between um, Pasta Noose and yeah. Dove. It's like it's different from just like 
I'm going to say, you know, my line that's going to be in these, you know, this many bars. And then you're going to say the exact same amount of bars and it's going to be in the same. It's almost like it's like if someone put a mic on like a real like cypher in the street. Yeah. Where they're actually having a dialogue and they're not like because it's it does seem so. I mean, they probably worked. They probably put in tons of time making this album just hearing the end product. But it sounds so natural the way that they're just, you know. Yeah, it's like a, it's having a, that flow together. Like they had to have been making music prior to this for a while, or at least, you know. I think two of two of the members were in a group together previous. Oh, you know what? I don't even know how they formed. I, I thought they all went to the same school together because they were young when they made this. Yeah, yeah. I want to say they were like in high school or just, excuse me, just getting out of high school when they made this record. Yeah, I think Pasta Noose and uh, True Boy were in the same group together, I think. Okay. And then they met Maceo, like, in high school. Okay. Oh, they met him in high school. I think so. And it's all Long Island, right? Right. They were from Long Island, yeah. Right. Um, But yeah, you can hear, I mean, I knew who Stetsasonic was. I knew the UMCs. I knew Kwame. Like, all that stuff was like. I don't know who was first. I don't know if it was like a combination of there was just this style that was just eventually going to come out or if there was a key to like how this was like starting out. And like because he was in Stetsasonic, I'm just giving him all the credit to like yeah. bring this out was Prince Paul. you know? Right, 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 right. And I, I'm kind of wondering if their flow um, was influenced by the samples brought you know, by Prince Paul, or if um, Prince Paul was influenced by their flow. Oh, I see. Like, he's pairing up. Like, I'm not going to just take the tip. Because there's a lot of... There's a lot of stuff that a normal hip-hop group would sample on this record. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, the, there's like, the Sly Stone, the Syl Johnson. There's, like, the, the one that's... Like, the stuff yeah. that gets real interesting is, like... And the title of the album, it's a Johnny Cash song. Right. The Three Feet High and Rising is from a Johnny Cash song. So it's like for him to be able to know either he knew what that song was or he just spent shit tons of time like, you know, figuring out how to sample obscure stuff to get it onto this record. And then you got uh, the key to one of the biggest songs on here is the Hollow Note sample, which I could see him knowing that. Right, you know, right. I can see him knowing what what that Hall and Oates song was. Like a big seven or is it seventy song? Maybe an eighty song. I think I can't go 80s. for that. Yeah, it's like an eighty song. Yeah. Um, Wait, what's what's that? What's what song is that on? I think say it's, no go. Yeah, I think it's is it on? Oh, it is on, on say no go. Say no go. Yeah. The sample is the Hall and Oates. Right, right, it's the, right. It's the, I can't go for that. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think I that makes that's interesting because I never even thought about. Did he pair up the samples to match how different their rhyming was? Or if they were like, oh, these samples sound cool. He made the beat and then they started to rhyme accordingly. I don't know how that came to be, but it's interesting all in all. Um, And it's like, it's funny. I'm sure I would have eventually got around to hearing this, but I was the second person to have this CD Mm -hmm. of my group of friends because my friend didn't like it, didn't want it. And my friend Mark had a system in his car 
And the song that fucking hit in the car was Potholes in My Lawn. Mm -hmm. So we would just, that shit would be on repeat in the car because it bumped. You know what I mean? Like all those songs were good. San Go and and me, myself, and I, and like all the hits, whatever. But but Plug Tuning had that low bass. I guess it's like a horn that's making that. And Mm -hmm. then, uh, Mm -hmm. and then, uh, and then the Potholes in My Lawn. Like that shit just bumped in the car. So it was like the one that I heard over and over and over again. Who do you remember? So Yo Bum Rush's show came out when? Like 88. Did it? I think so. 87 or 88. Because I can't really think. um, It was a big deal back then for there to be like more than one sample in the same song. Because before it was just like, it was whatever the hook was, and that was your hook, and then it's just verse, chorus, or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was 87. Yo Bum Rush the Show, like, there's tons of samples on that album. And I think they're, like, they're kind of, were the, were the ones pushing that envelope, I think. I, am I missing anybody? Like, who was, like, really sample-heavy back then prior to these albums coming out? Like, this and Paul's I mean, Boutique. Besides the Beastie Boys, even the first Beastie Boys was sample-heavy. Mm. You know, there's a lot of Led Zeppelin on there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of there's a lot of big stuff. But that was, again, like what you're saying. It was the one main sample. Yeah. And then the beat was built around it. This yeah. is, like, it's layers just, of samples. There could be three songs in one. Yeah, and you wouldn't even... And then some of them are, like, even in the skits and the intermission stuff, there's like there's a Michael Jackson like I want to rock with you and it's like not yeah. even in the song. You know what's crazy is just the way that the album like because this album's so easy to listen from start to finish like you don't have to skip any. It's like a it's it's a story you know. Yeah. Like people compare it to whatever Sgt. Pepper's which I think is just people have they can't get away from not comparing great things to the Beatles. Fine, I get it. If that means that that they should d- get as much respect in history as the Beatles did for what they did for hip hop, that's fine. But after a while, it just gets kind of like, can't, it, can't, can't they just, just be awesome that they're these awesome tone. people making right. music? You have to compare them to, you know, something else and just saying, oh, it's still not that good though. Mm-hmm. But anyways, that's that's going off into some other tangent. Um, the way this album, like, I think it was just them being like really true and excited and having those new technologies and just going for it because it would, it would be too calculated if they were like how the way that they put the samples and like put the order together. Cause it just sounds so it's different. You know what I mean? Like I remember other hip hop albums, like we were talking about NWA. If you listen to those NWA records, like the full length or full length, easy does it. There's like maybe two samples some of the songs because they just don't have the ideas or the technology it's just a beat and rhyming and it's not really like like this album is like every song is this piece of art you know Mm -hmm. and it just goes into it and you're just like damn and then if you're hip to it which i didn't know that steely dan i mean i always knew that song i never knew that was steely dan when i was a kid you know but the the hollow notes easily identifiable yeah and it's just like oh and that was like that's not even that old. That's less than a decade old that it's sampled. Right. And when they're even, they have to be the ones that started sampling themselves too, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like funny because the Beastie Boys to sample themselves yeah. too. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah, and like the, like I was talking about the, when you went to 
walk when you walked away we were talking about the um the obscurity of the samples and like how like how would he know that 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 johnny cash song had that you know has the title of the album in it the five feet high and rising is the song that it's from johnny cash and i had just learned about johnny cash a couple of years earlier from my arrival grandpa and i even after you know when you hear it in the song yeah. like i still didn't know that was him mm-hmm. i didn't know that that was a johnny cash song like a couple yeah. years later when i was like what is that what and then i had a johnny cash compilation and then that song was on it's it serendipitous and i was like oh shit that's the fucking three you know that's yeah. the de la the yeah the I de mean, la thing i didn't know any of those samples <laughs> at that time i didn't know any of those except yeah except the hollow notes one that's well the hollow notes it. and the parliament one the parliament one i knew the me myself and i that's a huge Flashlight. huge oh right Parliament right, song right the knee deep and they right. use like the whole song pretty much if you think about it. Yeah, it's like that's... all the parts that grab you from that song yeah. are just it's just them rhyming over that almost. Right. Know? Right. But right. that's also explains why that's the biggest hit. Like the most uh accessible yeah. of all the songs on the Well, I think record. they even on the single, they even have them on the writing credits. It isn't just like sampled by. Yeah, it's like you know, Parliament, George Clinton. Uh... Yeah. And then for everything that this album set off by the Turtles um, that sample, it's not even on a song. It's on that little phone call thing just in the background. And that's the one that where that's they, the got one they got off the litigation. They got sued. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I bought, I bought a, uh, a current pressing of this on, there's that, that vinyl club, mm-hmm. vinyl me, uh, club. Mm-hmm. And they don't even get the fucking money. And there was this thing I was watching on YouTube about like Tommy boy, like there's you can't stream this this right. album like right. this is you can't even fucking find this album like right. unless you buy like a rare copy on eBay or you fucking like you know find a CD of it like even Amoeba this doesn't exist right like it's super hard to find this record um, it's not on Spotify I don't know if it's on any it's on YouTube oh it's on YouTube you, well yeah. I think course, even yeah. the yeah. the represses because. I, Monique bought a repress of this, but it didn't have, and it was within the last three years. It didn't have like a download code or nothing. It was just, it was a vinyl. It was just two Right, because people yeah. are, people are putting it out, but they're not getting any of the money for mm. it. So any royalties goes to Tommy Boy. Oh, I and see. And they are missing out on, you know, on, well, I think, on I think, any of it. <laughs> I think, um. It's actually going to Warner Brothers now. I think Warner Brothers owns. Bought Tommy. Yeah. They bought Tommy Boy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's crazy that this fucking record. You know, what did we say it came out? Eighty nine. So thirty year old record, and it's like the work that these guys did in it, and they're not getting a penny for it. That's like such bullshit. What, what did you did you have this on tape or? I had it on tape. Tape. Where'd you buy it? I, at? I borrowed it. Oh. I never. Where did you used to go buy records then, though? Uh. I used to go to the warehouse. The warehouse? Yeah. That's yeah. funny. He just found my name tag from when I worked over there. Yeah, I was going to shit in the garage. <laughs> I was looking for something in the garage. I was looking for that for the the USB extender. Okay. So we didn't have to do this. You remember you remember when we got three mics and two inputs. Fancy ass setup. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got our ghetto rig. Carrie and me and Mark used to work there. Yeah. Like after when my brother left. Right. Like we were all there working. I got yeah. fired. And do you yeah. remember do you remember when we I don't even know why we did this. I think it was Carrie's fault. I think it all started 
because Carrie couldn't stop smoking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he worked in the back. So he had to like curtail his smoke breaks or whatever. And then he just started chewing tobacco. Do you remember chewing tobacco with uh, us? No, I never. I, no, no. Dude, it was awful. <laughs> and me and Mark were there. We're working at the counters with the fucking red vest, just all warehoused out, <laughs> renting movies to people and selling them CDs. And then Mark just chewing tobacco. Did you have like a, a spitting cup? It was like a skull. No, he was just yeah. he's like a trash can. Oh. And I couldn't do it. I'm like, I can't. I can't be walking around. So then I would just take a like a big bunch of it and I swallowed it. Oh. And I was like feeling it made me feel so crazy. Yeah, like I couldn't even help made. people for a second. Felt yeah. like I was going to puke. But then got over it and then did another little one. Hey, I thought you that you were it. chewing tobacco with this back then. No, that was stupid. Wait, no. Why did you you, got, you guys do this because Carrie couldn't smoke in the store? Yeah. Oh. Well, he's the one that like because we're like, what are you doing? He's like, oh yeah, I got. You want to try some? And it was like, was right, it? so then now we all have a little. <laughs> was it like red patch. man or was it like no, skull? It was like skull. Like you can't black, swallow skull. Black cherry skull. Skull. Ugh, fucking disgusting. Because um, <laughs> when we worked there, when Carrie and I worked there, before you guys started, we were able to smoke at the counter. I doubt this. I doubt any of this. What do you mean? It, it was totally, we, we, were, we could smoke in the fucking store. Our manager didn't give a fuck. We were the worst store in the fucking district. Always. And then they hired, what's his fucking face? The guy who fired me <laughs> that we went to his house party. <laughs> Remember we brought Sean? Dennis? Sean, yeah. I, I was Sean was cool. Party. He was not I, cool. I, I was he was cool to me. He was like, by the book, fucking nerd manager. When we had a manager that didn't give well, a fuck. Well, they always start like that. Yeah. yeah we yeah. were smoking while we were ringing people up back in the day. Then this motherfucker came in and was like, oh, you got to wear a fucking dress coat. And I was like, I'm, he's like, you got to go home and change because I was wearing trunks. So I just, <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Where can you, unless you're a lifeguard <laughs> or you're working trunks. at the fucking little <laughs> beach stand. I would go surf. Oh, what do you mean? I can't wear a truck. Right. <laughs> I would go surfing before my fucking shifts. I'd get dropped off and I'd fucking work my shift. I'd wear trunks and a fucking t-shirt and a red vest. I was in uniform. Yeah. So he was like, you got to go home and change. I'm off. I go home, I'm not coming back. And he was like, fine, don't come back. And then I was like, I guess I'm fired. Did you have flow hose? Flow hose? Yeah. <laughs> flow hose, trunks, yeah. a crusty ass town and country shirt that hadn't been washed in weeks, and then fucking red vest. And fucked up, froed ass hair. Yeah. Yeah. It was dope. I loved working there, man. Fucking warehouse. Yeah. We got robbed like on a daily basis. I, I stole from the warehouse. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's what this hatchet's here for. We're going to take fingers. And oh, man. <laughs> I stole. <laughs> I borrowed. I just, they closed before. Right. They closed down before I could return everything. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I used to make carry unlock everything I wanted, and he'd turn around, and I'd be gone. He's like, where'd you go? Oh. <laughs> Nowhere. Was there? There was a little cage, right? Yeah. In the back. I remember. I like, that. Hey, unlock this. He like, yeah. After he unlocked like ten things, he's like, "What are you doing with these? Like, Don't worry about right. it. <laughs> you ain't gotta know everything I do." Oh man. Oh man. But yeah, yeah, this. I was already. Yeah, I was. I think I was working here. 
No, you know what? I wasn't working at the warehouse yet. I worked I, at the warehouse the end of 89. Yeah, I don't remember seeing you guys when I used to go to the warehouse, but that was like well, 86, yeah, stealing shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't see you either. Like, man, I'm tempted here every day. He's got but every a big time, ass collection. Every time I look for him in line, I, that's when he's gone. <laughs> Tim's got a big he's here ass every tape day, collection. Never in line once. Right. <laughs> you got all these tapes. I never see him buy one. I was checking stuff out. Yeah. <laughs> I was just there to check stuff out. Oh, man. But yeah, it was the end of 89 is when I started working there. Um, yeah, it was after I didn't graduate fucking high school. And I had to figure out what the hell I'm going to do. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go work at a record store because that seems like a career move. Yeah. <laughs> Making less money than I did at the supermarket. Like, hey, big moves here. Um, but yeah, this this had already, this had come out. Public Enemy's second record came out mm-hmm. this year too. The, yeah. the, the fuck's the name of that record? Takes the Nation? Yeah. That came out this year. In 89? 89, yeah. Okay. I came out of 89 because it was the the Do the Right Thing, right? The soundtrack for Do the Right Thing. Okay. I think it was on the soundtrack for Do the Right Thing. Mm-hmm. That had just come out. So it was like... Fight the Power. Huh? Fight the, the Power, power yeah. yeah. I'm pretty, yeah, because he says it in the song. He says 89 yeah. in the song when he's right. talking about that. Um, when they're in the video. Oh, shit. I went... Where? No, go ahead. Hmm. Something just popped up. It's fine. Go ahead. I was saying, I saw them. Did you go to that show? I saw them. It was in, I think it was 92 at the Palladium. Nah, I never, I never saw tour. Public Enemy. Yeah. I thought you were Oh, there. Fear of a Black Planet? Huh? Was it Fear of a Black Planet? I think it was that one. Oh, I don't yeah, know. It must yeah. have been 92. It was yeah. crazy, though. Like, that's the first show I ever went to where they had, like, metal detectors. And I was terrified. I was like, what's, I don't even know what's going to happen here. But yeah. it was fine. It was just, you know, it just wasn't like punk rock or rock and roll people in there. And it was fucking packed and everyone was going fucking crazy. Um, Who'd they play with? No, what show? I don't remember them having an opener. It might have been, it might have been 24 7 Spies. Um, what the hell is 24 7 Spies? Remember those Golden Boy shows? They used to put some weird bills together. Yeah. Like it wasn't always just mm-hmm. like, you was know, 24-7 Spies part of the Untouchables? No, they used to play with a lot of the... Because they were like kind of reggae, kind of... Not ska, but you know... Like Untouchables, kind of. Maybe. Dancey type like shit? the Bus Boys or something with horns, yeah. Hmm. I remember no. seeing... I remember their, their I know what show you were at. I think it was the Brand New Heavies. Yes. Oh, at the yeah. Palace. Uh, yeah. That the fucking the lasso one. dance. Yeah. <laughs> no, that wasn't even that. Was no, that thing? That was it. No, no, no. It wasn't? That, that was 311. Oh, yeah, the lasso dance was 311? Yeah. yeah. That was, I'll never that forget was, that for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was oh, man. funny. We were and you didn't even... You didn't even do drugs or anything back then either, huh? No, that was, no, that just was all, all hype, all natural. Like no, natural yeah, hype. Yeah. No, he didn't do drugs or anything, but the motherfucker had to sneak out his house from the front window <laughs> and go yeah. to shows with us and make us miss key bands because <laughs> he had happened. to go home. Yeah, that happened. Uh, I gotta we went, go. We went yeah. all the way to Costa Mesa. We're at our house. Was it Smile? Smile. Fucking no warning. <laughs> 
whatsoever. <laughs> Smile comes on. I swear to God, it was like halfway through one song. He's like, hey, I got to go home. I was like, come on. This is the band we came to see. He's like, I got to go. I was like, oh, my God. And it was Chris uh, who drove us, I think. No, I think you drove. You Did drove. I, is that why I had to leave? I just or? remember you were like, oh, I can't wait to see this band. <laughs> You were so amped about seeing Smile, and I didn't have the heart to tell you, hey, I got to leave, like, at a certain time, and that time came. But why? He snuck out. (laughs) (laughs) That night I didn't sneak out, but there were other nights I did sneak out. The first time I knew, when I realized that he had to sneak out, I was with Mendoza. He pulled up. He was like, oh, we got to go pick up Hot Temp. All right. We roll up, and we don't pull up in front of the house. And I'm all, I thought we are picking up Hot Temp. He's like, shh. (laughs) (laughs) He shushed you. <laughs> I'm all, what do you mean? <laughs> and he's all. And then all of a sudden, you're fucking off. climbing out the fucking window. And I'm all, and we, is he breaking out of a house? Mm-hmm. I've never been involved in any of this oh, shit before. Yeah. yeah. So this motherfucker sneaks out. I don't know where we went that night, but we went out. And I was like, why you got to sneak out? And I was like, how old are you? And you're like, I'm 20. I'm like, fucking 20. <laughs> fucking sneaking out. Uh, but yeah. that's when I was like, oh, because the Muslim parents and the fucking rules and shit, you guys were under, like, you were under yeah. some strict rules. I just didn't want to deal with being told no, so it's like, all right, fuck it. I'll just I'm sneak just out. I'm just going to sneak out. <laughs> <laughs> that went on for Never, you know, a couple of years. Yeah. Ever. Has, I mean, I had snuck out, but I, I don't know. It was just weird because I was like. 16, 17 when I was sneaking out. You were sneaking out at fucking 20. Yeah. And yeah, yeah we missed Smile. We caught one song of Smile and I was so <laughs> fucking mad. Like, I could have just fucking put a beat on him. That's why Uber was invented for fucking times like that. That was a really cool spot, though. Um, I there missed was that good, spot. Yeah. There were some good shows at that spot. Yeah. That would have been that would I don't know if there's anything like that anymore. Like I don't even know no. all these new spots that it's I funny. Think. I I always ask people and I can't find anybody that remembers that place. Like and people that like how could you not remember that place, but you could remember all these other places. Um, well, our house? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever yeah. happened to the people who like ran it? Did they ever move to another venue? Um, I think the main dude he used to do some stuff with Dennis from the Goodfoot, uh, but I don't think uh, nothing like they opened a new spot though. Because it was, I think it was Chris Fahey. I think that's who it was, mm. and he might have even turned into like a talent, like like a agent or something. I don't know. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, I remember when like uh, when the Goodfoot was really starting to get like popular. Because remember, it was just that case of raw. Like okay. it was there, like. I think once a month or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was popping back then, even at the K. It's crazy how long ago all this stuff was, too. Because that was even, like, before it turned 2000. That was, like, in the late 90s. Yeah, well, this, like, markers like this, like, this fucking album came out the year that I left high school. It was, like, well, fucking 30 years ago. And that's almost, that's mm-hmm. the time we're talking about right now. This is 10 years before that. 10 yeah. years, yeah. Yeah. At least. But you didn't go to the you didn't go sh- to the record stores in the mall or anything or Best you ever went over Sam there? Goody. Um, then there was that one across the street from the mall Tempo. Tempo, best. yeah. Yeah. Oh, was it Best? Well, it was Best first. It was Best, and then they got bought out by Tempo. Okay. But they yeah. were they moved. They were on the corner. Right. 
the yeah, closest yeah. to Toys R Us. Yes. And then they moved into the to the middle corner. It was still best when they moved, right? Did they? I think I it thought was. it was Temple when they I moved. I thought Maybe. it was, and then it went right to Temple. I don't know. I was trying to think of all the record stores I used to go to, and I was like, I couldn't remember the one that I used to go to in Cyprus because I used to go Bionic. to Bionic. Was it Bionic? Yeah. yeah. Bionic. It was like, like it was like, like right across the street from Cyprus College. Shop, but lots of kids would like skate in that parking lot too. Yeah, like I remember buying like. Like good stuff there. Yeah. Like at, it was Bionic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why I thought it was something else. It was by the. It wasn't too far from the college. It was right. Doesn't say directly across street. It was like it was like, a street or two in. Yeah, like a block. Yeah. Like, it was heading south. towards like Huntington, right? right? Like Middle Earth. Yeah. Was in Downey. Yeah, yeah I used to go to Middle Earth. That was too. a cool spot. Um, obviously, best. And then before Sam Goody was Licorice Pizza, mm-hmm. and then. Sam I used Goody to go to moved. the Licorice Pizza in Downey. Yeah, yeah. Sam Goody yeah. was in the mall, and there was a Licorice Pizza at Lakewood. Right. And then, and then it got bought out by Sam Goody, and then Sam Goody moved from the mall to outside. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> or no, moved from the outside to the inside. Mm-hmm. That's right. I keep forgetting because when I was in high school, it was on the outside, over there where that Penguins was, or just like now it's like a DQ or whatever. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, but. Yeah, I was like, oh, and then Zed. Zed. Was that in Long Beach? Yeah. Long Beach at the yeah. traffic circle. Right. And then there was one like just, and it was in Huntington on Beach and it was mostly punk. Final Solution. Final Solution, yeah. It was like an all punk type place. Yeah. It was a cool that, shop. But there was no, the only place well, that had hip hop records was Sam Goody and the warehouse. Right. But right. Sam Goody or Licorice Pizza was where we would buy the 12 inch singles. Yeah. So like EPMD, anything that had like Kumo D, How You Like Me Now, LL Cool J, like all those singles we had bought from the Sam Goody slash Licorice Pizza spot on the outside of the mall. Um, and then this one, like I said, my friend Jason gave this to me. So I only had a CD of this. And then I started buying the, um, I think I had this cassette singles. Yeah. That's, Even that's though I had I the CD, yeah. I had the cassette singles to play in the car. Because I remember... I don't think I had a CD player in my car yet. I had one of those adapters. It was like the cassette went in. Cigarette holder. And then it was like a, it was like a disc man. Mm-hmm. Right. And I used to play discs. So if you hit a bump, that's. Oh yeah. You gotta hold it. <laughs> yeah, you have to hold it. Oh yeah. You have like you have to skip. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> it's like man, kids don't even know today the shit we had to go through. Like right. they just fucking. Put, pull some shit out of the fucking air and it's just in perfect stereo everywhere they go, you know? It's all on their phone. It's all on their fucking phone. Right it's hand, all like yeah. smart speakers and and AirPods and all this shit. It's, like, yeah. it's crazy like what, what we had to do no. to like yeah. listen to and it wasn't like, like you were saying you borrowed you borrowed this album. Yeah. yeah. Like that's yeah. not that's what we do. You don't have to borrow anything anymore. Can you imagine? No. Like, you don't even have to have friends. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even have to have friends. <laughs> like, can you imagine? Like, there's no borrowing. Like, well, oh, let me borrow your even, stream. Even yeah, with yeah. that, like, yeah. like, you would go, like, don't you remember being, like, young and you go to, like, people's houses and you're playing video games? Mm-hmm. And there's, like, sometimes there's more people than you can play the game. So you take turns and then it turns into this whatever activity for kids to do. It's like now kids are doing it. I mean, that technology was starting, it's, it's old now, but the way how prevalent it is now where you're just playing someone else online or, you know what I mean? 
Like, well, yeah. and you're talking to them yeah. and you're doing all this crazy shit where it's like, no, you have to be all stacked up in some tiny room, huddled around a little ass TV, right. you know, and we and do that shit for hours. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Cause yeah. Now, with now the boom broadcasting box, like playing that. tapes in the background, they're, they're switching now, it or whatever. Yeah. Now kids just broadcast that activity yeah. it's and funny other kids uh, just watch them, you know, watch these grown ass men fucking playing video yeah, games. Yeah, people watch that shit. Yeah, right. And they're getting paid. That's they crazy. They're paying a lot yeah. of money. You know yeah. what? This is this is really awful too. But one time I was I couldn't sleep, just rabbit holing on YouTube. I watched two kids playing electric football. <laughs> <laughs> and that wasn't the only video they had. No, right. He didn't even have a TV on. I couldn't believe it. I was just deep dive. I hated That's myself. I'm just was sitting there like, why? Like, right. why? What has my life come to? But it's funny because when all like asked Jared, like, hey, what are you doing or what's going on? He's like, oh, I'm gonna go hang out with my friends. And I hear the word hang out. And he doesn't mean I'm going to go hang out. Like, I'm going to go... Actually see them? Go see them in person and go, like, go do something with them. He's going to go online mm-hmm. and play a video game. When, and I'm like, that's not hanging out. He's like, he's like, yeah, we're hanging out. We're talking to each other. I'm all, it's not the same. Like, I, don't, I right. mean, maybe it's, it's equivalent because you are, you know, doing the same activity. But they're like, one kid's at his house. You know, Jared's at his mom's house, whatever. And I'm like, but there's something about the actual hangout, like the actual being in the presence. Like we all go to Mark's house because he had a game room, he had yeah. a pool table. Well, just, he even like, just physically though, like if you just touch another person that you want to, and you both have that feeling, even if it's just a hug, like you're releasing oxytocin. Yeah. So you feel good and that's building your immunities and it's making you a human being. If you get rid of that, even if you're, even if Jared could tell you that by the book, it's all the same shit. Yeah. But if you don't have that, there's no kept, there's no physical chemical thing that could possibly ever happen. Then it doesn't or, count. Or right. it could be. It's not good. Like if they, because I'm sure they can recognize each other's voices. So maybe it has like the same effect. Like he knows that that's his friend because that's his voice. Yeah, but still. Mm. Or they do like the they'll FaceTime and on the phone, but then play the video game online separately. Yeah. yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah. I, it, it's not like, I mean, like we could do this, what we're doing today virtually if we wanted to. Right. Like we can all call in on the same line and talk about something and then record it and then put it out instead of sitting in the same room doing this. You know, it's like, it just doesn't have the same like bounce off like when yeah. you're like in the presence of each other. And yeah. then that aspect, that's okay. Cause like you can have, you know, like we have a friend, Danny, that lives in uh, Minneapolis. Oh, right. right. Like if we ever wanted to do something, we can't in this format or whatever, you know, I think that's cool. But if kids are doing that and they're like, they live within a mile, like, mm-hmm. like how far would you go to go hang out with your friends sometimes? Even if you're like riding your bike or, you know, you don't even think about it. It's yeah. not that big of a deal. See, like my youngest Jonas, he, um, most of his interaction is online mm-hmm. or like through the phone. But the but they do every now and then get together and he'll ask me, hey, can I go hang out with my friends at the park? So, you know, I'll just go just observe, yeah. you know, and, and watching them. It's a different thing when they're all just together, you know, because you get to see their, you know, their personalities are more, um, uh, what's the word? Um, 
like you, you get to see their natural interaction as opposed to something that's just you know digital yeah right yeah so they're not hanging out and still on their phone <laughs> no no well, actually cool. yeah yeah you know if they are they're like looking at you know videos but they're enjoying it together yeah you know yeah and i think that like getting back on track to what we're doing here right is this is the the total outcome of this is them being in that like i don't know if they would have made this album if you yeah. put it into the terms of like a, a, a today's generation like right they could probably technically do it but it wouldn't have the same like organic like feel to it you know what i mean right. like they are they were all young you know they met prince paul he produced this record they vibe with each other enough to get like a good sense of how they were going to fit in with each other on like how they rhymed and then like the question you brought up which still like i don't know which was the way it actually was did they rhyme to syncopate with the beats or did the beats you know in reverse do it that way and it's like it's interesting because like how would it have been if they were like we don't know we don't want to sound like you know the treacherous five or the treacherous three or whatever and we don't want to sound like run dmc we don't want to sound like nwa so they're listening to all these you know listening to the turtles and they're listening to yeah and then yeah. they're like oh we're yeah. gonna we're gonna create a, a a new kind of style of rhyming and then they still hit on like hard subjects so they still talk about crackheads yeah yeah you know they still talk yeah, yeah. about like the current goings on but in a whole different perspective and a whole different approach like um which I don't think a lot of people were ready for. And then once it got, once it had like a buildup in the motivation, then people were like all about it. Like, I don't know if you can put this on and not get people up out of their seats and go to the dance floor. You know yeah. what I mean? Still even yeah. has that aspect. Of it. I mean, the title, the, 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 the first track is three. That's the magic number. Yeah. And that's straight up from, you know, uh, what, uh, schoolhouse rock, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was um it's like super ambitious but at the same time you could sense the um like almost like a childlike awakening you know the way this album um you know even just that title track yeah you know? down to like you could feel the youthfulness you could feel like like because i went back and i listened to this and uh to three feet high and rising and then i listened to de la soul is dead and there's a different tone like you could you could and and they're only like a year and a half two years apart yeah yeah they're like the one thing that i that i recognized on de la soul was dead is like not not an apology what do you call it a like like a a second shot warning of like even though we made this real hippie album yeah. we're not soft hippie yeah, people yeah. Yeah, yeah we just chose to, to do things like so they almost went backwards well they they, almost, they, they, they tried to yeah. be tough i don't want to say to try to be tough they came out more aggressive and tougher on de la the, Soul's dead um, than they did on the first one there's like a promo kit video that talks about like where they talk about that mm -hmm. where they're like you know, we're not, they, they basically, we're not hippies. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then the album cover for De La Soul is Dead is the daisies. Dead. Dead daisies, dead daisies you know? So. That sets the tone yeah. too, but that whole album, it's darker. And there's still tons of samples and there's lots of 
soul and funk and even like the song saturday like that's a club hit like that you is. know yeah it's still good but it still was like just yeah. you know oodles and it was just different it was weird that i think they came out too strong with that imagery but i don't think that so apparently it was like a like an art uh pairing of two artists that were working together and they collaborated on videos for other bands and other album covers i think it said that uh, i was reading about it they did like the album cover for information society which that looks like the what's the is that the tommy boy logo or is it the tommy boy yeah it looks the same as that yeah and it's like it makes sense that de la souls was like you could see how that fits in with who these this this vision that these artists had but I don't think that it was their idea to say that, you know, we want all these daisies. Like, I bet you even Daisy, they probably made that up after the fact. Like, they, while everything was being established, because you know how long it takes to make a record. Like, you work so much on the, on the actual music, for which you've seen firsthand, being in a studio, engineers, producers, listening, doing different mixes, then you get to mastering. Then there's the whole other aspect of the art, which right. if you're lucky, you're doing that at the same time. So your brain's kind of, you know, because um, I don't other than the imagery, like you could put a different album cover on this album. It doesn't make me think hippie at all. Like the samples and everything. That's fucking that's funk. That's like soul. That's it's like not, it's too it's too lazy to call it hippie. It's just eclectic. It's like. There's more to but the, to them than just the what was going on. The with imagery, like, yeah. The imagery is what cultivated that, and yeah. I think because like to me, De La Soul is dead. Other than the con the the content of what they're singing, the lyricism is it's a lot more conscious, like you know, worthy because they're part of this native tongues that has a message, you know. But they're doing it really artistically, which I think. I think the Jungle Brothers are probably the hardest pill for society to swallow. Because mm. Tribe Called Quest had hits too, but they're, mm -hmm. to me, De La Soul didn't seem like they were playing that part until they got to, what's the album with, um, what's the album came out that's, it's all black. I think it came around. Stakes is high. That, that's yeah. the first album that I, when I thought De La Soul was like, because even Balloon Mind State, and that album's fucking dope. Yeah. It's very much in line with this one. But it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's like, and they're singing about, you know, whatever, but it's just because I remember uh, Stakes is High. It's like, it's so stripped down. And it's the first time that they sound like just that 90s hip hop where it was all about slick beats. Yeah, that like, sounds very East Coast. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. They didn't. I think it was like funny because they did their back to back, like Three Feet High and Balloon Mindset are in line with each other. And then Daylight is Dead and Stakes is High are in line with each other. Stakes as high is a much more polished version oh, yeah. of like they didn't. I don't want to say channel their anger, but they channeled the the critical like backlash that they got. But and it's they, weird because it's that many albums after. Yeah, you know. But it's like you know because I don't even know what they made after Stakes as High. Is that when they started doing artificial? I think so. Yeah. Balloon, Stakes, and then they went into like the artificial. And that's when they lost me. <laughs> like, there's a couple yeah. songs on the first one. Yeah. The second they, one. They did a couple things with Gorillaz. Yeah, oh, yeah. The Gorillaz yeah. first first hit had them on it. Right. Which was right. great. I was just watching that. Uh, there's a Gorillaz movie out right now. 
the is it Demon Days? No. Okay. It's uh, Gorillas Reject False Idols. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's like the making of the last album, mm-hmm. Humans, mm-hmm. right? Um, really, really cool. It's and then what goes in line with like well, how they did with the Gorillas is they have that. Is it Nobody? What's the newest De La record? Oh, um, it, I think I think that's what it's, it's like. Where they they went and played live, and live instrumentation is what made it onto the record. Right. So it's all live, no samples. Right. And right. there's like a a fucking great track on there with uh, uh, Little Dragon. That's like my favorite track on that album. On that album. Yeah. I don't think it's like them and Little Dragon. It's really fucking good. Well, yeah, that sounds like a good pairing. And it goes, you know, it's like they, it's, it's like they got over the, the people saying, you know, I don't want to say negative stuff, but just like, oh yeah, they're just a bunch of hippies or whatever. They're not hard. Whatever. It's like I think they got over that, and we're just like going back to just like creating music, because I think that's what Daylight is Dead was too much of. Well, I mean, they've been together for 30 years. 30 years. (laughs) (laughs) As a hip-hop group. 30 years, yeah. You know. I mean, if... if, Because Run DMC ain't doing shit no more. Public Enemy's not doing shit no more. Like, Right, right. I think Public Enemy is, but not... NWA. Not not what we know Public Enemy was, you know. But, like, if, if MCA hadn't passed away... DC boys would still be doing shit. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, they would still yeah. be, you know, making, making records today. I'm right. sure of it. Right. Um, had he not, you know, fatefully passed. Um, but yeah, I, I think that this one, it's, I, I mean, it's because it's the first one. The only one that I would say is comparable to this is Balloon Mind State, but this one's still. By far better. I gotta listen to that again. I haven't heard Balloon that Mind State in a while. It's so good. It's, it's. I don't even know why it's like, not. Talk like, about. Yeah, like it's yeah. it's almost like it never happened. And I think at that, I I don't think that, that was too far ahead of its time, even though it was like Did they by miles. That? I don't know. Mm. To tell you the truth, I I don't know where they went after Tommy Boy. Um, I don't even know. No, but this was this album too. It had like a big promotional campaign. Like there was money behind this album. Uh, um, three feet high. Yeah. Like it their got budget. I read that their budget was twenty eight thousand. Really? But what yeah. about the promotion? I mean, because uh, it was I'm everywhere. Sure. Yeah, that I'm not sure. I think once they hit. Yeah. Yeah. They, that's when they took a huge chance, like a big risk, because right. there was no. There still really isn't like. I don't, this is one of those things that like, it's weird when there's like albums that sent, that set benchmarks, but they're so important and nothing necessarily has to follow them. Like, like I don't remember it creating like, which is good because it wasn't real. Like it wasn't this, oh, these hippie fucking rappers from New York, which is so different. You know what I mean? Like you could see right through that shit and it's never good in the first place. But this really was. Yeah. But like, I don't remember this changing hip hop in that sense. Like, do you? Like, with imagery or in that, in that, like, trying to be, I don't know, hippie shit. I can't even think of anything. 
Um, I think it um, made, well, the impact was, you know, I think it was more, um, you know, not just uh, what they were doing lyrically um, and, you know, what they were bringing as far as, you know, sample-based music, Mm -hmm. but um, fashion. Yeah. You know, like, uh, I think at that time, too, didn't didn't Stussy do something with De La? I don't remember if they did anything collaboratively with them or if they just were like, because Ducey yeah. was already, had been around for a few years, so they were already on that like, right. like alternative hippie vibe, right. you know. Right. But I, because I was thinking about that, like who would have not existed had this album not come out? And the first one I thought about was Diggable Planets, like. Oh yeah, they they wouldn't have happened if this didn't come out. Mm. Like I think they had a huge impact on that. They had a huge impact on the on the status of like what the perception was of being a hip hop record record maker because most people thought you had to be this like super aggressive like uh, freestyle battle MC like you know yeah and and or I think, your content matter had to be about guns and money yeah or you had to be a gangster rapper yeah and then mm-hmm. you know then we started getting all the different like the the southern hip hop you know like the ghetto boys we started getting like all the different the different stuff but this I think this particular record coming out at the year that it came out like because I started working in music videos shortly after leaving high school and like I got actually had an opportunity to work on one of the videos from uh from balloon mind state i ended up not doing it but it was that ego trip mm-hmm. it was like that anti-tupac uh it was basically about Pac. really and they even fashioned the video after get i get around like they were around uh, a pool and it was like a backyard party type vibe and it was all right. like but i had actually taken another job i was doing another uh video and i didn't do that that one a friend of mine did did this you know i did that one for me but Digable Planet to come out, I want to say 91. And that, I swear, like, I can't see that album. I can't see them having even been made if this album hadn't hadn't Mm -hmm. happened. Like, I don't know who would have broke the, you know, broke the seal on it. Mm -hmm. But I don't see any other band opening the way to, like, people just saying, like, you know what? We can make music that has a hip-hop element to it even though it's like vibe is completely you know to the left of what's normally going on with hip-hop you know what it probably influenced a lot well earlier i was thinking of this when we were comparing like their first like their first two albums just like beastie boys first two albums where there's this backlash and it almost seems like the second album is the one where they're like i guess for the beastie boys that's but that's that's because of their production team who I bet you that album wouldn't have sounded like that if they did another one with Rick Rubin. There's no way in hell it would have sounded like that. Um, but they get the the artist if that's if they go the way of the producer, like if they're just completely in their hands, they're going to now forever be seen by their fans and critics as like it was their doing. You know what I mean? But um, thinking about like the Far Side, the Far Side kind of has a similar thing. Nowhere near the same impact, but their first album was like this fun party album, 
has all these skits where there's no way they would have existed without De La Soul. Yeah, Far Side. And um, even Freestyle Fellowship, like even that yeah. whole camp, because um, they're the weirdos. Like when you mentioned UMCs, I didn't really think of them. Like De La Soul is the one that represented all the fucking weirdos, yeah. you know, because of the way that they rap. Like UMCs, what's his name? Uh, Keith. What does he call himself now? Is cool it Keith. Magneto cool or yeah, I don't yeah. know? He always got some, or Doctor. What was Black it? Black Elvis. Yeah, it's yeah. Black Dr. Elvis. Black <laughs> Elvis. Doctor Doom. Like it is no, all these Doom's things. A, as an actual rapper. Oh. Mm. But anyway, like from, him, like from he uh, was King rhyming King. about way out shit back yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, even you have Dell, Dell the Homo Sapien. His yeah. first yeah. record is real. Like he's all he's talking about. But does that the, predate this? No, it's post. No, yeah, okay. but but it's like but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Hieroglyphics. It's like from that tree. It's in it the line like it's of from like that, that side can You know, like there was even a guy. I don't know if you guys ever remember this, but oh fuck, I don't even remember what his name was. But he had this song called 2000 Brain Cells to Go," and it was like it was like oh. folk music for hip hop. Mm. No, it's like no. dude, it's like <laughs> if, I want to hear that. If you go on YouTube <laughs> yeah. and watch the video. Because yeah. I remember when it came out, I've looked on so many sites, I can't find this guy anywhere, but I found it on YouTube, so mm-hmm. it still exists, but it was like, ah, oh, fuck, what was his name? But it was 2000 BC was the song, it was 2000 Brain Cells to Go, and he's just talking mm-hmm. about being fucking fucked up, but it's like, he's doing it in this real, like, it's like, it's a simple folk type, like, manner. But mm-hmm. he's got like you know it's like he's rhyming. It's like right, right, stuff. right, right. But then you also had that. What was that? Uh, he became real hippie-ish. The oh God, he 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 does like reggae songs now. He, um, Daddy Yankee. No. <laughs> he was from San Francisco. Oh God, what's his name? Not, I, was, I don't know why brand new heavy's name keeps coming to my mouth, but it's not it's not them. It was like two guys. It was like disposable heroes of hypocrisy. Disposable heroes of hypocrisy. What was the band that he? What's that guy's name? Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know his name, but he's in. Oh, was it? Was he doing something with Burning Spear or? He's like very into like oh, Michael Franti. Huh? Michael Franti. Michael Franti. Yeah, yeah. yeah Michael. Michael Franti. And Spear. Yeah, that's what yeah. it is. Right. So right, like right, I seen right. him at the first Coachella. Okay. And I was like, oh, that's disposable heroes. And I went out and he was like dread and he was doing like some yeah, Ziggy Marley shit. And it wasn't funny. What happened? And it wasn't bad, but it was just like, huh? Like, this is the same dude that was all like, he was like hard. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, well, look at Snoop yeah. Lion. It's Snoop, at a certain uh, point, it just weed destroys your brain. <laughs> weed does not destroy your brain. If you know, it it's the right, that's our brains are fucking Snoop Lion dead. and this. Da, 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 that's like their yeah. tipping point. What is that? That, 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 that's what they're doing all that. It's like Shaba almost. Yeah, yeah. Shaba, Shaggy, <laughs> and Shaggy. There's a ton of them. One me. Remember Snow? Uh, when did that come out? Same. It's like in ninety. That was in Oh, and then uh, the chain gang. That's what when I started high school. There was another dude that was like, it was just as popular as that Snow song, and I can't think of it right now. But we used to bump that. MC Breed. No, nah, MC Breed was dope. It was another you one. You only had that song though. Ain't no yeah, future in your front. That was, that was a dope that song. song. That song, that song still goes too. That song, yeah. Yeah. Hey, he's listening to Too Short. He's dead too. 
Why? Oh, <laughs> he's dead, you guys. There's a lot of people that are dead. But MC Free, like, just got all somber, all sad. Just like whenever, like, if he talks about anybody, he's like, oh yeah, and then this guy. Um, May he rest in peace. Like it turns into <laughs> church all of a sudden. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, that's why Pay I got homage. that hatchet. There. Exactly. You just start wearing a robe. <laughs> oh yeah, the hatchet for what? That's for wood chopping. Keep demons out and still sticking with the wood chopping. <laughs> why is there no water in your pool? I'm. Just, I keep looking over okay. there. No splinters. They're doing no, no, no splinters. <laughs> <laughs> it has a little mask on. It's it's a protective sheath. Mm. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, like all those bands wouldn't happen. I mean, maybe they would have, but no. But you, I don't think you they could hear that first freestyle yeah. record is all way out. It's way out, but it's very like to me. And then, you know, it's funny. It's made in Seth, a bedroom, probably. Seth mm. was the first one who who pointed this out he was saying that the the wu-tang basically copied the freestyle fellowship oh yeah and, well, by, see, that's, and like by characters that's what's funny is that like with you know like we're talking about like la trying to copy electro funk and then it just turns into its own thing and really they just slow everything down that's really all they did because mm-hmm. those, those those 808 beats, that's all the same electro funk. Like that's back to like Africa Bambata, like all of that shit. That's like the craft work. Yeah, craft work. And just crazy. slow it down. Yeah. They were, pro- and you know, whatever. This this might be stereotypical, but a lot of weed smoking goes into the production of music in general. But with like reggae, dub, and like hip hop, it's like you just hear all these different things that you wouldn't necessarily be there. That's just, that's my theory. Um, yeah, just as much as this is a, a party record, it's also a headphone record. Oh, it's, like, yeah, it's you crazy. You need to put headphones on and, like, you know, absorb all the things. That are all the little, Even, like, now, I'll hear something in there, and I'm like, fuck. Like, I never, I don't, either I didn't remember it, or I'm just paying attention to it differently now. Yeah. Well, and that's why you're saying, too, when you guys earlier were talking about, like, how the quality of the samples taken for this record even that in itself is iconic where people try to reenact and make it even sound dirtier on purpose like maybe that isn't what they were doing maybe they were just utilizing what they had in front of them yeah because like if you think about like who's because it's classic now to hear that records right now like any young producer and i don't know what their what their process is but let's just say like metro Boomin or what's his name Kenny, uh, you know, whoa, Kenny. Yeah. It's like, are they just taking the stems from a digital file? Probably. Throwing it into their computer, their Ableton, or whatever they're using, Fruit Loops, whatever, you know? Right. right. And then, so they're just getting the cleanest quality source. Yeah, because, like, now those, you know, those file formats are, what, 32 bit? Yeah. When, you know, those samplers that, Eight bit. They were eight bit. Like that last, you know that last. um, Yeah. Fuck. What's that? What's that guy that they just found out was British? Twenty One Savage. Oh yeah. He has that one song. The. Um. It's it's it's. it's, He just repeats the thing over and over and over a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The sample (laughs) on that is fucking dope. Oh yeah. It's an old like Like seventies sound sample. Yeah. So like on his version, it's like clean as fuck. But when I Mm -hmm. listen to the original, it's like. 
It's like they cleaned it up right. for his sample. Right, right. It's like right. totally opposite of like what this was, you know, this record was doing. It's just like, oh, we just need this. Yeah. We need this song. We don't care. Yeah. What <laughs> they didn't even, they didn't even think about. Maybe they did think about it. I don't know. But it's like they just took whatever copy they had laying around. They didn't go but to see, find it digitally. They might have been they might have been hip to it because, I mean, Prince Paul produced the the first three albums, didn't he? The first yeah. three. Um, because then even on uh on Oodles of O's on De La Soul's Dead, I think it's on that song. Yeah, it is. They're sampling um. Uh, a can of spray paint like you can hear that so like i think they were like probably get some of that a lot of the credit for being innovative you know and that probably could have been just from looking at the work they did something as simple as hearing that texture that added to it that maybe is like white noise right but turned it made it a part of you know um because even that i remember that like listening to that album and just that Part stuck, stuck out, out to me so much because so it was so like that's crazy, you know. Right, right, like, right. You can't like they're not just sampling music anymore. They're actually sampling just sounds in nature and turning them because turning them into like an instrument, you know. Yeah. There was some. Uh, I was reading this thing on the. I was looking at their discography, but they they had one, two, three, four, five, six. That's six nominations for Grammys and they only won one and it was they were actually nominated for me myself and I and then there was a song called Ooh with the Red Man mm-hmm. that was on the artificial <laughs> right, right? right right so the only one they won was they won best pop collab with vocals for Feel Good Inc okay for, uh, right for the gorillas right um, and they were actually nominated for their last record in 2017. They had a nomination. They didn't win it, but they were nominated for the anonymous nobody. Do you think that was like a makeup nomination? I don't. I mean, it's Probably. a good record. Like, yeah. if I, I went, yeah, because they've been around for so long. It's yeah. one of those things That's that happens. That's all they do now. Yeah. I'm trying to look up the name of the song that has little. Oh, it's called Drawn with Little Dragon. That's on there. It's good. Mm. But like, two changes on this. Damon Albarn's on it. Um, David Byrne is on it. Mm-hmm. Estelle and Pete Rock. I don't know who Estelle is. Um, Jill Scott's on it. Snoop Dogg's on it. There's a lot of stuff. It's good. It's it's actually pretty good. I listened to it like a few months ago. Um, but yeah, their 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 first four were were Prince Paul. It was Three Feet High, De La's Dead, Balloon. Oh, their first three were Prince Paul, and then after that, Stakes Is High was a. They had a completely different producer. I think they worked with multiple producers on Stakes Is High because isn't that where where like Jay Dilla, it was JD, JD, not Jay right. Dilla. Yeah, um, and he's from where's he from? He's from the uh, Slum Village. Slum from, Village, yeah. Yeah. Wait, is he from Slum Village? Dilla, yeah, Dilla was not Dilla. Oh yeah, it is Dilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, but I think he went by JD. JD. Yeah. Because he also did the Far Side. Right. The second, the second Far Side. Mm. Uh, uh, Lab Cabin, California. Lab Cabin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know. He like did that run record. It. Yeah, he did run. Running. Well, he did the whole record. I thought oh, that song was yeah. bad. Running. Can't keep running like away. away. I like I drop. Like yeah. That was a good one. That first record though is too. And they did the video in reverse. It's too good. <laughs> oh yeah. 
Shit, I lost my copy of that too. Your coffee? My copy. Oh. I lost it. Um Shit, I got well you guys I have to pee. <laughs> yeah, dude, but going back to what you were saying about, you know the um ambience that they brought in with the samples. Uh huh. Yeah, you know, it seemed like all the samples that they were uh, selecting had a purpose. So, you know, that song that the turtles, you know, ended up like just that, you know, what is it? Like that song's only a minute and a half long, and there's like four different samples. Yeah. One of those samples is a French movie, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like everything had, a, you know, sonically, it all fit. Um, and, you know, if you didn't know the better, which, you know, at that time, being a, what, you know, it's 14, 15 year old kid, mm-hmm. it's like, how are they doing this? Yeah. You know? I know. And that's, you know, too, because when they were actually, because you have to still physically put the record together mm-hmm. with the tape. So, like, whoever was the, I don't even know what you call that guy. The guy that actually cuts the tape and puts oh, it back together. Like splicing the tape. Yeah, to, like that must, yeah. this record had to have been hella work for that guy. Right, right. It wasn't just, oh, what, <laughs> 10 tracks, two sides? Okay, you know what I mean? Right, And I know it's right. probably more than that, but still, like, it's crazy that it's like they're actually, like, somewhere this album exists, like, you know, mm-hmm. the tape of it. And it's a physical thing with all those little whatever ebbs and flows and the way that it's just pieced together. I think when they were talking about, um, somebody was talking about this. I don't know who, if it was Mace or one of them, but they were like, because of the process of how they made this, that it, it's impossible to replicate. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't go in to the studio and replicate this record mm-hmm. because they didn't have like precise measured, like they didn't use the stems. They didn't use, yeah. you know, they were like, oh yeah, we didn't lift we're going to take this record, put the sample directly into the MPC, you know, like. I forget which song it is, but you can literally hear um, the um, the two beats or the two samples losing sync. Mm. And then right before they just completely just you know, <laughs> fall off the rails, they um, they they bring in Another the sense. chorus right? or they bring in a verse. Mm. Right. Yeah, that's why you gotta listen to this with headphones because you'll hear yeah, yeah, all yeah. that, you know, original handiwork that these guys did, right? With right. the mistakes like, and everything, and a lot they of just made it work. And a lot know? of the same results are on Paul's boutique, right? A lot of the same methods because they didn't have the the modern, you know, uh, right interfaces that we have now. Correct. You know, it was and all. And I think those are pretty close. What's that? It's almost like it's almost like the the three of them, and I could be missing other ones. I don't know, but the this album, Three Feet High and Rising, Paul's Boutique, and De La Soul is Dead is like kind of a good capture of the pinnacle of that style of making music. Because I don't really, I don't know, like what else is like it. You heard of the Avalanches? Uh uh-uh. uh like they they're more like a mod i wouldn't well they're they're a little bit more modern but their whole thing is sample based mm. you know um uh it's it's just like a 
collage of different samples mm-hmm. just coming together as like a sequence song, mm. you know. Um, but is it but, in the context of like a group with something over it, or is it just samples for the sake uh, like of samples? Like guest MCs. Oh, okay. You know, they work it that way. I think from an organic group standpoint, though, I don't think there's much else out there that's like this. Yeah, it's like, almost like they, they came in and it was like this little spike, and then it. But also, too, it's because it set off the you can't sample like that. Yeah, it was it was yeah. th- this album and the Beastie Boy album that ruined, not ruined, changed it, changed it. it well, I don't think record companies are interested in you know um, clearing samples and giving yeah. you know other artists from other labels money just so their artists may or may not make money off of that and who, you know record. Was it like, I guess in the Popeye, was it just? Um, Cause there was a lot of good '90s hip hop, but it wasn't necessarily like, cause like even like that. Remember that uh, Gangstar? It was like, I forget what year it was, but like Gangstar put a record out. Rakim put that that one out where like it was his. He was back. Like I forget the name of the album, and it was pretty good. The 18th letter. Um. Yeah. Um. I think have, EPM, had guess who's back on it. EPMD had a new record then. So they were like sampling, but it wasn't like. I feel like it wasn't until like, I guess like Bad Boy came came back or came out, and just had those blatant like samples that were you know, what like the stuff he did with Biggie and with Mace like. Yeah. Because even the Dr. Dre samples, they weren't that like. Oh yeah, I know what that is. You have to dig a little bit to find out what right. that was. Right. Yeah, Biggie had that one. Those like that Diana Ross sample that I'm coming out. The the M two May the juicy was a little bit more. That was like yeah, but that was their first one. You had to know. That was their yeah. first one. You had to know. That was such a recognizable yeah. song. Though. Yeah, that's yeah. that that band. Yeah, is Nikisha is related to that band. Oh, her family okay. is related to M two May. Okay, yeah. they're they're from East East Coast. East Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, because what else was there like that? I just had something flash in my head. Of the stuff that came out with the blatant samples? Kind of. Vanilla Ice? No, not like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's different. That was... No, no, no. Mine went dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. You're not listening. It's dun-dun-dun. At one point, he and Axl Rose looked like twin brothers. When they both had cornrows. Like, both of you have lost your minds. You need to go hang out with Mariah Carey. Oh, man. Man. Some stuff that just shouldn't happen. Snow, vanilla ice. You think this album still stands stands up though? Uh, yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's. I don't think it's impossible for it to not still sound fresh. Like no. when you There's, put it on, it doesn't sound dated. Cause like I love Public Enemy. Yo Burma's show sounds like '80s hip hop. Yeah. There's there's a lot of stuff that I remember liking. Where I put it on now, and it's it's too it's too locked into that time period. Whereas this one, even though they're talking about timely subject matter, it's done in a way where it's like reading a book. Like you can pick up that book, you know, 150 years ago, 
and 20 years from now, it's still going to have the same impact on you, mm-hmm. where it's like the way that they're telling the story and the way that they put everything together is more important than, you know, than just the subject matter. And, like, I'll put it on, and, like, this, there's, the, the way the music's put together, the way that they're rhyming, it does not lose any any momentum as far as I'm concerned, as far as, like, the impact that it had on the music world. I think so. And it's weird because if you think, like, when the first Wu-Tang album come out, it came out, like, maybe four years after 90, this. I want to say Wu-Tang was, like, 90, 91. But when that came out. I think 91. I thought it was later. No, I'm pretty sure it was like 91. I thought I was already out of high school when they were like out. But anyways, um, that album, like sonically, it's it sounds bad. Like it's hard to listen to. To me, that's my opinion. This album that came out before that with maybe they had more money of a lesser time technology technologically speaking because i'm sure if the wu-tang at that time had the best of the best it would have sounded different right you know what i mean right yeah yeah but still 93 that's that's a big jump for technology and innovations but that album like three feet high and rising still sounds like fresh yeah, and it was done, I think, besides just the regular 48 tracks, it was just an MPC sampler. Probably. Whatever they, I don't know what they sequenced with, but, like, the first Wu-Tang was, was a keyboard and a sampler, too. Mm-hmm. The ASR-10. I think that was, yeah. And, and, uh, and an MPC. Um, SP-1200? Or SP-1200. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's in that stupid show on Hulu. Oh right, 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 right. Is that any that. good? That show. Yeah. I tried to steal it. Terrible. Yeah. Like he thought he, he tried to steal the. He thought he was, he was at fucking Sam Goody. Right. He thought he was warehouse. He thought it was the warehouse. Man, the new PM Don just came out. out. I ain't gonna buy it. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to steal. It's like fucking like the size of this. Like right here. Yeah. That's what that makes me think. Sometimes like seeing those pictures of Mace, like he looked like PM Don. <laughs> Man, hey, Mace, that was Patrick who said that. Have you ever seen me in person? That was not me. Remember with the little eye shade? He just says, he looked like P.M. Don. Everybody. That was Patrick. all the flowers. Yeah. It wasn't Chris. Yeah. It's just because he's big. Right. That's the only reason. So there would be no P.M. Don without De La Soul. You know what? I'm okay with that. Don't act like you didn't bump that album. Hey, you were bumping I'll Be Sure. You were bumping. Oh, I'll still I'll bump I will yeah. still yes. bump I'll yeah, Be Sure. I'll that I'll first still. Bobby Brown record. La, uh, don't act like yes. you don't I'll, like it. I'll listen to Night and Day in Spanish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have it in Spanish. Oh, my God. Don't put that on. <laughs> don't ever put that on. Dia y Noche is my jam. Great PM Don. Fucking PM Don, they had in that the same single. category. They were all flowery. As Eminem, not Eminem, what's his name? I think that's Mace's cousin. Vanilla I. <laughs> you want to get beat up by Mace? Mace Dawn. Mace wants to fucking get beat up by Mace. No, Mace is dope. Oh, yeah. Hey, you're dope. You look like a big, fat, fucking 
dude <laughs> with the fucking veil <laughs> None of that was said by me. Oh. Now you're trying to get out of it. I'm not trying to get out of it. Like in Maze, it looks like P.M. Dawn. They only had one song, and it was... Talk about a sample. Oh. It was a fucking Spandau Ballet. Did you go with us to see Diggable Planets at the coach I house? I thought you said, did you go with us to see P.M. Dawn? <laughs> did you go? You were like, yeah. I was like this. Was like, yeah. Hey, you know what? The only place I was... The only time I would like to see P.M. Dawn is when Hatem had to get home and we were at our house. Yeah. Right. Hey, P.M. Dawn's about to come on. Hey, don't you got to go home? <laughs> Alarm <laughs> <laughs> went off. Oh yeah, Digwell Planets is at the coach house. Yeah, we saw them there. I he didn't saw go. them at the palace. I saw. I think Digwell I saw them at the palace. palace. No, he didn't go with us. It was what? I didn't go to Josh. that show though. Did he go? Josh came with us. That was a cool was, show because it was all you had to sit down, but it was cool. Uh, it's a little. It's like a dinner cabaret theater. style. They used to have good bands there. Yeah, they used to have like a lot of good shows, but it was like dinner theater. Like yeah, you yeah. sat at a like dinner table and then the band. It was cool. Nice. Yeah. That's classic. I think I it was went. Classic. <laughs> I think I went to that one with you at the palace. I think, because I I believe I saw them there too on the Blowout Comb tour. Mm-hmm. Huh. I remember. I just remember our brand new heavies though. Remember the guy with the hair? You go sweaty. You buy your hat. <laughs> <laughs> That was also Pat the show where you Pat thought people so were trying to steal your wallet. That show, Pat was so paranoid. He kept thinking his wallet was yeah. about to get stolen. We were talking about that at like Christmas. Right. So I was like, this motherfucker. I had to put it in my front pocket. <laughs> and I'm not thinking, oh, because people keep bumping into me. Because we're standing in a fucking capacity, like, overcapacity floor. Of course people are going to bump into you. But I was like, this motherfucker's trying to steal my wallet. Pat had maybe a $2 bill in his wallet. And... And he had uh, like slices of cheese. Some beaties and a pack of beaties. A pack of beaties. Pack of beaties in that back wallet. Oh, these motherfuckers! They saw me come in. They knew I had two dollars. Right. Fucking. No, that was the worst. Anywhere, if I went anywhere with him, he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna go to this place. Come with me." No matter how much money I had in my in my on me. Yeah. With him, is always gone. And oh, it was always dude. like if I had twenty dollars, which I never had twenty dollars. When did I ever have twenty dollars at the same time? Yeah, it wasn't very common. This fool well, invited fucking. Yeah. Oh, you want a cheeseburger? <laughs> twenty bucks, Max. <laughs> like right. anything. Yeah, it's a fucking twenty dollar cheeseburger. This is in the eighties. Right. What the fuck? Oh, yeah. is this is my Larry favorite Parker's. spot. Larry right. Parker's yeah, yeah. spot. He, he knows. You probably Larry broke him too. Parker's was the spot. Like I was gonna buy a tape or something. You ain't buying shit. No, no dude. You had to save this, another twenty. That's another fool, quarter. So this fool invites me to uh, Bull Jeep. In Koreatown, with it was you, Jason, Jason, and um, fucking what's her name? Allison. Allison. And I'd never been to you know Korean barbecue. <laughs> He's like, oh, this is gonna be great. We fucking eat. We're burning the food. We don't know what the fuck. We burnt we're doing. a whole plate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of meat? Right. That shit cost them. They took it away, but we had to pay for another one. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Because we burnt it to shit. <laughs> the bill comes. Nobody, Nobody has fucking any money. Why? Cash. Oh. We didn't have cash. 
For, for whatever, whatever reason that day, and I, I never have money, but that day I had a hundred dollar bill with me, and I, and I left there was like fucking four dollars in my fucking pocket. Exactly, exactly. And you probably hung, hadn't hung out with him in a while, and then it's like fuck this. Hanging out with oh, me is expensive. Yeah. Oh, hundred dollars. Hundred dollars right now. I'd be like, I'm, I'm finished. <laughs> Hey, he even, he even brought me lunch today. <laughs> I know. Uh, that was my dinner. That's dude, how I do yeah. things. Larry Parker's was the spot. I don't care how expensive oh, the cheeseburgers were. That shit was dope. Every year? 80, 89. Every year right. since it's come out, I swear <laughs> to God, that cheeseburger was probably six ninety nine. Right. No. Every year, it goes up and fuck. <laughs> that thing is, no, it was double digit. Now it's always, always been double, double digit. But maybe it was because you got a milkshake. A Coke was probably seven bucks. <laughs> That's like, remember when we went to the pantry? Oh, yeah. We fucking sit down. The guy throws coleslaw. Yeah. I was like, man, I've got five dollars in my pocket. I came here for some of that sourdough toast. I can't afford this. <laughs> I can't even order. Just, we'll just put, like, He's like, I'm not paying. I'm already calculating. I'm like, man, I'm down two bucks. No, I came in with five. I got three right now. The best because thing about the pantry was bringing Hatem with us. Mm. And oh, does, he said, I'll take an omelet. It was like made oh, with 12 right. eggs. And he was like, I don't feel no, I'm like, why? He's like, I don't eat eggs. I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> that was the only thing on the menu. <laughs> why are you omelets? <laughs> 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 <It's laughs> I don't feel it's like. <laughs> Another, another one of those. Oh, this place so is so good. It's the best. Yeah. It's the best. I hope you got hundred dollars. I don't like eggs. I'll take an omelet. <laughs> no. I'm a, at IHOP, we eat some fucking stack of pancakes. Oh, I don't eat pancakes. And then just ah. Uh, there was one time you showed up, you'd eaten a bran muffin, like a bran muffin. You're just like, oh. <laughs> I don't like eggs. I want the egg omelet, please. <laughs> what was that place? Uh, it was in Whittier. Remember that coffee shop we used to go to? Oh, Beans? Yeah. <laughs> we used to go there all the time and just drink like tons of coffee and smoke cigarettes. Fucking <laughs> Joe Cola and coffee. Oh, remember when they, yeah, that, yeah. it was the BB, BB Cafe? It was like espresso, like espresso soda. soda. Yeah. Uh, we got yeah. one of those and hot coffee. It was <laughs> we used it was to go ridiculous. to the equator. Mm-hmm. Remember the equator in Pasadena? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And yeah. we played chess and just, I mean, 11 o'clock at night, just drinking coffee, like non-stop, <laughs> smoking cigarettes, non-stop, like have nowhere to go, nowhere to be whatsoever, just fucking smoking, yeah. drinking coffee all night. Do you remember we went to that one coffee? I don't think you went, Chris, but we went to this coffee shop in uh, um, over there in Chino. Oh no, no, and no, 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 um, Pomona, Pomona, and we saw Tanner. Oh, that was that uh, cup of J. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because they were having. Remember, they were having. They were still having shows at the Glass House. But this was like after, like they weren't doing anything at Pitzner's Pit anymore at the Claremont College, mm-hmm. and they were doing stuff at Cup of J. We went there a couple times to see the things. I went with you though. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. we were standing like right in front of them. Yeah. And uh, it was loud as shit. It was awesome. I remember going to that place a few times. I don't. I don't think I've ever been there. Cup of J, and then the what's the the bourgeois pig up in the on Franklin? Yeah. That was a cool coffee house, coffee shop next to uh, Birds. Mm-hmm. It's on Franklin by the 101. Yeah, they had a cool like back room with like just all weird lighting and like it was all spaced out. That's still there. Shows at coffee shops. Though. Yeah, well, That's remember crazy. Highland Grounds too? That was like a big coffee shop. They used to have bands there. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. Um, wait, where was that? It's on Highland oh, and like it's a, just yeah. north between Melrose no, and Santa I know Monica. What it is. It's called it's like the Mud Cafe now. Yeah. Yeah, I know where it is. It's down the street from the Probe. Remember we used to go yeah. to the Club 70s at the Probe? <laughs> what was that weird coffee shop you that worked was the at? Shit, remember? <laughs> what was that weird coffee shop you worked at on Fairfax? Oh. Oh, oh, that was I didn't work. You didn't there, work there. I know which one. Yeah, that was Nova, Nova Cafe. We used oh, to go I remember there. that place yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, it's right across pizza. from Cantor's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They used to have bands there too. That was yeah. right by the Natural Fudge. Mm-hmm. Natural Fudge. Yeah, that wasn't on Fairfax. No, that was on Fountain. Was that? It was over there by by the around the corner from uh, Aaron's Records. It was closer. To, it was okay. between La Brea and Highland. It was Fountain on and Vine. Okay. Yeah. That was when Pat quit off of Highland. Right. That was my during, first show. That was the first and last. Quit during the show. <laughs> that was the first time I ever played. That was when I remember taking him to like. I hated it. I was taking him to. Uh, <laughs> I remember being so disappointed. I was taking him to tryouts or auditions in like different parts of LA or whatever. I don't even know how you line these up, but he lined these up. It was just up. in the back of Bam Magazine. Because I put an ad out. One of them we went to, and it was like in Hi- Hancock. Uh, Mm-hmm. Hancock Park and it was like these rich kids that had like a really nice house and they had like a proper equipment and everything and then he was like hey you guys take me to this this house I look at the address of them all this is straight fucking rolling 60s territory off of Crenshaw and I'm all what? I was like we're going here? And he's like yeah and then even when we pulled up the kids were like hey pull your car in the driveway don't leave it on the street I'm all yeah this sounds fucking great and then we're gonna play and that's the band he chose to stay in yeah and they got into that band with them and they did that wasn't did. even a band or whatever it was. That was the Natural Fun Show. But yeah, we they I thought I was joining a band and then it was like I would have to like write these songs because they didn't know what they were doing. No. <laughs> so they brought you in to like Well um, we were just I mean I was sixteen. I was like oh, a kid. Like right, right, yeah, my brother's right, driving me there. Yeah. But I remember like they were the ones that got that show. And it was pay to play back then anyway, so to sell tickets. Yeah. Yeah. But I just but remember, I just remember Bam, Bam Magazine used to come out like every week. Every week. And they had a, they had a listing for, I think we were called Liquid Fusion. So stupid. Okay. And there was a listing for it. So I was all hype. I was like, man, I'm going to play like, you know, a real place like in LA and Hollywood. Then we get there and it's that little shoebox. And we had desks. Yeah. We well, you know what they used to do there? Desks. Oh, yeah. They used to yeah, do yeah, like yeah. stand up comedy there. Yeah. And they had bands. I played there again with Chris. But um, I just remember it was like every, my whole life was just shattered. It was like, <laughs> no, I don't want to do it. And John Lee drove me out there. So I took all my drums in his truck. And Matt, you remember Matt? Mm, Matt, um, he lived up the street from Chris? Chris Mendoza? I think so. I forget his last name. Blonde hair. I was kind of rockabilly. Yeah, yeah. yeah like skinhead. 
yeah, oh, yeah, oh yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. But he was, yeah, he was cool. who I got to play yeah. bass, and he didn't even play bass. It wasn't even plugged in. <laughs> it's just because he looked cool. It was like, you want to be in the it band? It wasn't even plugged in. <laughs> it was awful. Oh god, that's, that's funny. <clears throat> I was there at the. I was at the show you did. I don't think I was there when you did that. With was it after the riots? After yeah, we that? I went to that we one. I went to that Li- show. Liquid Fuse? You were there. Was I there? You were there. Yeah, because afterwards we went to that pizza place. <coughs> Damiano's? Just, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, on Fairfax. Right. Yeah. That's that was, right my, that was my other spot. Right. That's by the Nova. That was my other spot. And the Dime. Remember, there's that, that bar called the Dime right there. Well, even back yeah. then, that's when we used to go to Cantor's. Go to the yeah. Kibitz room and eat pancakes and watch the jazz bands. Yeah. Right, right. Because it was open in 24. <laughs> I remember. We went one time and we took Lewis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he just kept, he kept getting mad because uh, they were playing, I think, blues. And he kept yelling, more jazz, more jazz. Oh, your friend Lewis? Yeah. Man. He was all rambunctious. All I can't time. even remember the last time I saw that guy, but the last time I had interactions with him, he was describing... Movies he was making okay. by okay. walking animals into a piranha tank oh. and they were eating it. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a uh, he had a tank. <laughs> he had like a fifty gallon tank and he had piranhas. <laughs> he, but he, he would, would make the rats, the rats. walk the plank. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, yeah. Making rats, he film But he would film it. Yeah, he I never got to it. see the film. That shit was fucked. I never did. But he either. described but to me. I was just looking yeah. at this guy like, "Why am I talking to you? Why are you in my house?" And why am I talking to you? Chango. Fucking making rat murder fucking film. <laughs> Not that I'm mad at him for rats' yeah. rights, but damn. Yeah. That was funny, uh, man. That dude was a character. He was a good artist, though. Yeah, he, he was. He good paintings and shit. He did. He did. Yeah, he was he good. Did. I hope he's still doing that. Yeah, it's been forever. I think the last time I saw him was when I lived in the city. You Studio know what? City. He's actually um, a tattoo artist now. No way. Yes. Where at? I don't know. The last time I, I saw him, which was a long time ago, he was... Um, That's probably a natural like, transition yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he was... You know, he was just starting to get Oh, that's, into. that makes sense. Yeah. Shit, I'd get a tattoo by that guy. <clears throat> Where to pack it Oh, we had a wrap. We got to round it. Uh, wrap it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're at one fifty. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. All right. So we got to do our rating. Let's do it. All right, you go first. Um, I have. I. I think I put on like one side of this the other day, and it's a double album, so that's only mm-hmm. four songs. That's half the record, then still, right? Um. But it still still does the same same stuff, stuff. like, Like, when I hear it. it. And it's weird. It's It's like, you know, sometimes you listen to something, and there's certain songs that just give you a nostalgia, or they take you right back to one particular place in time, makes you feel good, whatever. This one doesn't necessarily take me back. I mean, it has to subconsciously be nostalgic somewhere, because it makes me feel good, because I know it. But it's just, it's still... It's it's just a great record. Like I don't know what yeah. else to say about it. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't. I didn't. I didn't like the imagery when it first came out. I didn't think that it really fit it. I didn't necessarily like 
but it definitely did something to set it apart from everything else just in my head the way it looked um but i think overall the thing that kind of sold me on it because you remember on the i think he had the cd first and on the cd when you pull out the artwork that's kind of a cool thing about cds because records are records and you pull out the whether it's a gatefold and has more art inside or you pull out the individual sleeves and those have art uh, sometimes it has a booklet whatever but CDs, sometimes they would get extra panels because they had to put the lyrics, so they would like unfold. Oh, yeah. right. And there sometimes would be extra stuff on the CD cover that you didn't see on the album. And that's the one thing is they had the little proofs of purchase cutouts, and it was like the daisies. And I'll never forget that. And I was like, man, this is fucking cool. And it, that made me think it brought back the like the Kiss fan in me, where they would put extra shit, like you know, join the the fan club or you know, send this in. And like it was just so weird because it wasn't like cut these out and mail them in, but it was just that small gesture. Right. And I was like. That's what tied it in for me. I don't know why, but I would yeah, give it, yeah. I would give this album a ten. Like overall, like I think it's <coughs> classic, and it's one of those like stalwart classics that's not going to be classic for its time. It's just fucking classic. Like it's already what thirty years, and it's still like it still sounds like it could come out like right now. Now you can't just do that with everything else. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty timeless. You know, like I heard it this morning. And um, I mean, just you know, they released seven singles yeah. off of this album alone. You know, like that doesn't happen. Yeah, that doesn't happen anymore. You know, I mean, it was rare when it did happen, but you know, um, and it still sounding. Um, it doesn't sound dated to me, even though like I know, you know when and what at what point that album came out and what it meant to me at that time but you know i could put that on right now um and you know i'll put it on at home and it means something to janine you know my wife it means something different to my kids like my kids know de la from gorillas but for them to like know them from that and then to hear what you know their original piece of work their original content to them it ties that in and you know i could see that it it, in like they become more interested in their discography and you know for for a group to be able to withstand that and you know they're still making music and they're still touring and they're still relevant um yeah i mean that 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 to me, that's a like an easy ten. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a ten off the bat. Even if I was if I was rating this like after that first time I heard it, and it was weird getting this handed to me by somebody who was saying they didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they were not just saying, "Oh, you know, check this out. This is fucking really cool." It was like. Hey man, check this out. <laughs> I don't like yeah, it. Like this is trash. You should check that's, it out. Yeah, this is trash. <laughs> right, Go right. home listen to this trash. Right. I yeah. don't recommend. But right. it was just it funny, was funny because uh, it became one of my favorite records. And I was yeah. just like, How the fuck did you not like I didn't understand the the negative, you know, implication mm-hmm. in the beginning. Um I don't know if he likes it now or if he changes his mind later on or whatever, but um but for, you know, the way that I accepted it and what i was exposed to 
and I was already into hip hop, and I was into the traditional, you know, sense of hip hop where it was like, you know, the MC, the beats, the samples, and like that aggressive, you know, ness about it. But this was just like, what the fuck? At first, you know, yeah. it was a little bit of a like, what is this? Especially when right. you don't have the context of like hearing it as like a single being played on the radio or watching the video and then getting caught up in that like literally just taking this unknown entity home putting it in the disc player putting headphones on and like trying to absorb it you know sight unseen kind of a thing yeah um it was a completely different then putting it into the car and for some reason stuff still sounds different to me in the car than it does when you're like putting it on yeah. your house or yeah, yeah, or yeah. you know if you put your mp3 player on and have headphones on like something about the the way it weighs in the car has a whole different like atmosphere and vibe to it and this just was like this was in the car non-stop right you know from the time that we got i think i think i was still driving my bug back then so i definitely only had a cassette cassette player but it was mostly in mark's like souped up fucking sound system you know whatever yeah, yeah. um but yeah it was 10 from the style the arrangements the even the whole like artwork i think it's funny because like you think of stuff like the way things are marketed today like you know they they won't stop putting andy warhol imagery on products and they won't stop putting like basquiat or keith herring like that whole like 80s pop stuff it's like this album has that kind of to it too, like the artwork. Like you can put that yeah. design like on a pillow or on like a skate. I think there's a skateboard that yeah. has this artwork on it, and I think Vans did a collab with them too, yeah. where it's like the they do a high top. Yeah, they do a three feet high height, like a daylight so high top. Yeah, and then like you know what's funny? Like I see a lot of when I first saw his collection, um, Tyler the Creator. He has got that like clothing line. The first time I saw his his golf collection, I was like, this is just Dela. Like even the shoe has like a flower on the on right. the thing. I'm like, it's just, it's just literally just, it's Yeah, just his album's called Flower Boy. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's Dela. Yeah, yeah, if it wasn't yeah, for yeah. them. That's like even like yeah. stuff that's still coming out now, it's like influenced right. by these guys. So yeah. Ten's hand ten hands down. You know what I think um when you're talking about like that you had a reference for hip hop and like, you know, Jason maybe wasn't listening to any other hip hop. So maybe he didn't really have like a frame of mind to, to like appreciate this, his first time listening to it. So it's almost to me like a certainty that the reason why this would even end up in his hands is because of the way it looks. But for us, even if we didn't listen to hip hop, like, the hardcore hip hop that we that we listen to and we're fans of, we still would have liked this record because to me it gives me that feeling of like when I was a kid listening to like Earth Wind and Fire, Jackson Five, you know, just regular like soul and R and B, you know, that we grew up listening to, which maybe other kids in the suburbs, you know, had no they had no frame of context of what that music even was to begin with. You know, like maybe they knew Beat It by Michael Jackson, mm. which at that point, Michael Jackson, you think about Beat It, skipping Thriller and going straight to Off the Wall, that's too, comp- like by the time he gets to Beat It, it's still Michael Jackson, but it is such a different pop element. Yeah. Not like Off the Wall is like 
that's 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 like you know yeah it's like that's like old dance music um so i think that's what and even like the song like peg like you hear that song and you know it like that's something that that's the i know one right that's peg that's the yeah but that's the steely dan sample because there are there the way that they did the me myself and i how they gave parliament writing credit they gave uh steely dan credit well they probably had to yeah because that whole sample is that song but like it just get to me it gives me that like it makes me remember listening to like jackson five being a kid like we already had a a place for that music to come and thrive and this whole album to me it's it's that same feel goody you know like earth wind and fire even like the stuff that later like like ice cube had a big hit with just doing the isley brothers songs like that's all he's doing is rhyming oh yeah it's not even you know and just like the fucking the chronic like you know they just had these old like fucking cuts and just like just rhyme over that whole thing right right it's like what your parents were listening to and you kind of grew up yeah around that yeah yeah like the it was and it that that sound reminds me of like the old like like ads in magazines for like stereo equipment or it was like the, the guy like smoking a cigarette yeah it was like a like a more like some weird cigarette brand yeah yeah um but just the imagery and the way that everything was like you know i guess adult i don't know yeah 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 it's like adult contemporary that's the i think we talked about like i even go on to like like black angus like the cigarette machine like that wasn't for kids but the way it looked it was just like right right yeah you know you just wanted to pull that yeah it's so gratifying to see someone like oh my god someone's gonna use it I used to buy cigarettes from Denny's. Used to have them. Oh, that, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they yeah, used yeah. to. I remember smoking in Denny's. Like we would just dish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One yeah. person would order fries, and just waters, and five Cigarette. kids smoke cigarettes. Right. <laughs> it's like, how? Right. Do, like, and we were little. Yeah. Talking yeah. like fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. It's like, yeah, how yeah, the yeah. Fu- Why are you kids even here? It's Tuesday. It's ten o'clock in the morning. None of you are eating. You're all smoking. I remember the first. How do you get away with that? What or Spires. When we used to go to Spires. Uh, Spires. I used to go to Bob's Big Boy. Yeah. Before. Um, Bob's was the spot. Before I started buying, like, regularly buying packs of cigarettes, which, like, the first brand was Marlboro Reds. Yeah. But my the first pack I ever bought was called Merit. Yeah. And oh, yeah. the only I reason Merit's. I bought them was because my friend Scott Shepard yeah. stole his dad's cigarettes and he yeah. he had a, we had a fresh pack. And right. so I just looked at the box and it said Merit. So the first time I went to buy them, I'm like, I want I want that pack. Because that's yeah, all yeah. I knew. I only right. and then I was, this is trash. Yeah. <laughs> Those were awful. Merits were awful. They were like GPCs. Like one level up from GPC. Well, like, I like the packaging on the merits. Yeah, it, was nice. it looked cool. Yeah, yeah. It looked all. Yeah. It's kind of looked like Parliament, kind of, but it had more right, gold right. in it. Yeah, yeah. But Brownish then, gold. I think it was Josh. Josh's dad used to smoke Winston's. It was like nobody wants to smoke Winston's. Winston's is like a stepchild of Marlboro because it's like the red. It still had the red on the top. Yeah. Trying to copy Mar- Marlboro. Vantage. Yeah. No, Marlboros were like. That was the only ones I liked after. Well, ca- I switched to camels later. I like Marble Reds because that's I remember growing up. You saw people drinking Budweiser beer, Marble Reds, Marble Reds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're gonna smoke, fuck so the smoke. 
That yeah. was the standard. I just quit again. Oh, you did? Yeah, I had to. I was starting to smoke. I was smoking like half a pack, and I was like, all right, I got to stop. Yeah. What kind? Marble Reds. Yeah. <laughs> like they're out of merits. They're like, uh, go back in your time machine. GPCs. <laughs> Fucking cigarettes. Are, you want to talk about Larry Parker's? Cigarettes. Cigarettes. Ten bucks. It's not that bad. Ten bucks. That's just and double, that's but that was 11. fucking 30 years ago. Yeah. Ten bucks. Yeah. No. Yeah, when I started smoking. 30 no. years ago, cigarettes were $2. We get Dude, two packs for no, no. five bucks. Yeah. yeah. Two packs. You get the Camel Wise. Oh, remember that? Yeah. Yeah. We used to go all the way to Bellflower. Yeah, yeah. Yes. This one liquor store, and they had a fucking... Two for Did two it, for one. AJ's from time to time have a special. I think. Wait, wait which one was? Remember AJ's? AJ's? It was right on the corner of like I don't know if that's not Bloomfield. It was like one ninety fifth, one ninety fifth, or one ninetieth and Pioneer, right by Carla's house. That was a liquor store oh, by Carla's. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I never bought cigarettes. For, I didn't. I didn't buy cigarettes from there. Because the dairy was right down yeah. the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Drive up there. I, I, bought, I bought cigarettes from there. All right, <laughs> that's a wrap. <laughs> so everyone said ten. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That might be the first. Well, it's, we only did this. Tens all around. Is this the tenth episode? No, it's the twelfth. This is twelve. <laughs> yeah. Twelfth right. one. All right. Well, that's it. That's it.